race clock. I declare bankruptcy. Bears beats Battlestar Galactica. Depression. Isn't that just a fancy word for feeling bummed out? Dwight, you ignorant slut. Not only the years we've been at war, but from the moment as a child when we realized that the world could be conquered. Welcome to Great Scott, the Office Podcast. My name is Jay Ray. With me is my desk mate, Jimmy. <laughs> and I do, I do have to apologize. Uh, I was the reason we missed last week. Um, I One of our very dear animals died in my arms the night before, and I was in no place to record a podcast. So I, I do apologize for missing a session, but that is what it is. I'm sure the uh, staff of Scranton would understand, considering their various nature-themed, you know, Rainbow Bridge passing ceremonies. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> um, all right, well. well we're, uh, we're a member of the Brooks and Jars Broadcasting Network. Check us out at Jars at XYZ. You can also check us out at patreon.com forward slash brokenjars yep. if you want to give us some of your hard-earned money. Uh, just, you know, and it's been a while, I'm just going to say there's like amazing opportunities on there. You can talk to us on Discord where I've just recently created a specific channel for Game of Thrones that Jacob blocked within the first three minutes. <laughs> well, I, I, I stopped watching um in season four right so when the season ends i'm gonna well we're probably gonna start binging sooner than that but you know so i'm trying to avoid spoilers more than anything at this point which which is reasonable but uh so you can talk to us there there's um there's a dresden files thing i don't know it's it's okay from what I've heard, it's just an okay podcast on the network, but people chat in there, mostly asking about which book they should start listening to. <laughs> Speaking of, I have not started yet, but I'm gonna <laughs> have it. Um, <clears throat> and then, yeah, that's it. I mean, so let me just say, we, we started the show. It's a bit of a downer. The rest of the show is going to be a, a straight zinger because these episodes are like amazing right? These are like the best episodes that we've ever covered. <laughs> Something I, like that. I mean, it's hard to beat season two. Like, yeah. Because you had Booze Cruise and The Secret back to back. I mean, those are two fantastic episodes. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I had a really rough time with these episodes. <laughs> I was watching them on the bus and I was, uh, it, it was like a physical cringe that I couldn't not do like when some of these moments are happening. And it's just, uh, I'm getting flashes of like episode 20 J-Ray, you know? Episode 20 J-Ray was a little bit of a negative Nancy, and I feel like he's coming up here. All right, so starting off, we have season eight, episode 21, Angry Andy, directed by by Claire Scanlon. Scanlon, yep, something like that. And written by Justin Spitzer. I'm not trying to take away from anybody, but the one thing I did notice about these episodes is there's a lot of names I haven't heard of before Mm. in the directing and writing scene. So maybe it was just like, NBC was like, hey, we need to test out these new people kind of thing. Yeah, no, that's a good point because... Yeah, you know, they, they are have been dealing with the repercussions of a really big tonal shift with Michael gone. Mm-hmm. And I imagine around this time, too, uh, Ken Shore is focusing a lot more on Parks and Rec. Right. Um, this is also probably, well, I know Paul Feig is considered, is that right, Paul Feig? Mm-hmm. Um, is considered a, uh, 
what do you call it? A showrunner at some point. Right. No, it's yeah, not Paul Feig. Paul Feig where it swaps between him and Lieberstein and Lieberstein, Paul Lieberstein. Sorry. Paul yeah. Lieberstein's considered a showrunner. Yeah. So yeah, there's some inconsistencies. That being said, there's a positive here because this cold opening is adorable kind of, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Cause Phyllis, I mean, we all have that one person who say, says the same things every time in, Grant, they didn't say all 12 cliches, but I've heard all of them where like the road is slicker in the first 15 minutes because of the oil from the road. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, the plants are going to love this. It's raining like cats and dogs. Yeah. Um, but uh, so, so there's a bet to basically make Phyllis say all of these before noon. And, um, you know, we just get these nice little cute interactions. It's a mm. little reminiscent of... Um, Kelly explaining Netflix. It's like people are clearly playing her to, you know, to say these things. Right. Uh, but noon hits, she doesn't say them. And she was missing one, which was uh, she likes to be at home, curled up with a good book or something like that. Right. And when it's like dark and rainy outside, I'm just like, hmm, nap time. <laughs> yeah. Um, I felt that today, but I was driving back from Easter taco lunch. So it may have been the tacos that was making me feel like nap time. Also, it wasn't full, raining. Full, full baby in it. Yeah, that's right. It's been overcast, kind of rainy here all day. And I'm just like, all right, just got to stay awake. Yeah. It's, it's, I do my episodes. I do this podcast. Yeah. It's particularly <laughs> bad on a Sunday. It just makes you kind of want to Wednesday Adams. Well, in. especially Easter Sunday, because like, you know, we went out for lunch and it was like dead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And most of the places we like to go aren't open. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, well, so we end up at like Roadhouse at like one o'clock in the afternoon. There's three cars in the parking lot. <laughs> is that Texas Roadhouse or is there another Texas establishment? Roadhouse. Texas. Okay. I know yeah, Texas Roadhouse. Logan's Roadhouse. Got it. All right. Hey, listen, that means that you and I have been to the same restaurant at least once, maybe now. The chain, <laughs> same chain. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. But actually, Logan's and Texas were, uh, so Logan's was, started by this pair of dudes and one of them got kicked out. So he said, screw you. I'm going to start Texas Roadhouse." He's never oh. like, has no like connection to Texas. <laughs> like he's from Ohio or something like that. That's fair. Um, <laughs> Here's yeah. your random trivia of the day. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'd want to go to Oregon Roadhouse or any other non-Texas <laughs> kind of pre-name. Right. Uh, so you, we have Andy and Aaron coming in singing. He's like, guess who's back? Andy and his girlfriend, you know, that kind of thing. And yeah. he has no idea that um, Nellie, to quote Michael Scott, has usurped him yeah. uh, in his role as manager, which I don't think, the more I think about it, I don't think it was actually illegal what happened. <laughs> but um, Yeah, I guess it, it'd be... Like, what kind of contract is Andy under? Like, is it an at-will thing? And then his refusal to come in on that day could have been enough to say. But he didn't get he didn't get fired. And also, uh, you know, Sabre is a big company. I think they're – I don't know if they're publicly traded or not, but they're a big company. Yeah. So, I mean, if they're publicly traded, they can't fill that job without an interview process going through equal opportunity and all that stuff. Yeah, I guess it's just interesting the way it's phrased, especially because it's like a regional office. I mean, it's a fairly large region now, considering. Right, but it doesn't matter. Like, right, I mean, there are right. certain laws that dictate how you hire when you're a certain size. 
I mean, that being said, you've, we've, we're too deep into this now, Jacob, for them to be considering <laughs> publicly traded companies' work laws. <laughs> we're just trying to tell a funny story about a British lady stealing the job of a very sing-songy coordinator. Yeah, so he comes in, like Kevin is like stretched out his sweater. Yep. Dwight has bobbleized Old Salty. Which I don't. I guess that's just a thing he had. It's not like a Cornell thing. I don't. Know. Yeah, maybe it's tied to his boating uh, love, you know. And we also find out that Dwight Lott writes a lot of X Men fan fiction about Captain Mutato, yeah, half human, half mermaid, so he can fight like a human and make love like a mermaid, and most of it involves the latter half. Yeah, it's disgusting. <laughs> um, but uh, so Andy goes in and uh, I mean, he can't be too surprised, right? He was kind of told on the phone by a few people that this thing is happening. And um, so he gets in and he's just trying to like ease his way back into his desk, right? He's just mm-hmm. trying to like schmooze Nelly being like, thanks. thanks for keeping it warm and all that other stuff. Yeah. yeah. And uh, but Nelly refuses. Robert's around at some point for some reason. Later in the day. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, he, said, he said he didn't. He almost didn't come in or something like that. Yeah, yeah. But um, so now he starts giving him this no thing. And now I've disagreed with you in the past about Robert California being into Nelly in like an aggressive way, in a way that like he's hunting her. Uh, but I will say in this instance, uh, Nelly did play him correctly, mm-hmm. as it seems like he may have become correct. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, he has to excuse himself because he can no longer be an impartial judge in this matter. Right, right. Uh, and so, like, Nelly starts docking Andy's pay. Yeah, it's like really obnoxious. Like, 100 bucks. Yeah. And, and Andy's like, oh, Angela docked Nelly's pay. And there's no answer. And, yeah. and Nelly Vish is like, $10,000. Yeah, yeah. And he just like backs off. Um, yeah, so it's this. Um, and, so we, and I will say, Nelly really did push the 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 sex up when she's dealing with Robert California. Yes, she, right. she she gave the impression that if he kept going, he would eventually get that. Right, right. Um, so next day, we find out that Andy had an issue performing. Correct. Sex. Right. Um, and like, Kelly goes to Dwight's like, have you ever had an issue with penile softiosis? Yeah, Aaron does, not Kelly, but yeah. Um, right, and then Dwight does this, the most Dwighty thing ever, where he's like, right. thank you for coming to me. <laughs> Never. <No. laughs> but, but before this happens, we meet, I think for the first time, Rafi, who is... Dwight, oh, yeah. or Jim and Pam's pediatrician, who is also Indian, so they introduce her, him to Kelly. Yeah. And that's sort of like the B storyline of this episode is Ryan trying to break it up, I guess, is the best way to say it. Yeah, just, uh, yeah, it's just kind of this weird situation where, like, Ryan's trying to play to Kelly, like, in a very high school fashion, you know? Right. He's, like, trying to create the drama, and he's just, like, yeah. Well, and this whole thing is like, it's not that I want to be with her. I just don't want her to be with anyone else. Is yes. That love. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's terrible. And honestly, like in the scope of like a 2019 political climate, it's a little troubling. But that's that's neither here nor there. It's crazy, like how much the cl- the 
dialogue climate has changed since this was on the air. Yeah, because a lot of these jokes, like I watched them today and I remember what they were back then. And it's all fine. But if that show came out today and was making the same stuff, like your head would go like, wow, that seems inappropriate. Oh, no, people would get fired. It would be off the air, protest, hashtag yeah. campaigns. I mean, to even think about it, and this is like a weird you know, thought here, but um, the first two seasons cover homosexuality very differently because gay marriage wasn't legal yet, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So then they create this gay character almost as a joke. And then in a world that's like everybody can get married now, then like they have to treat Oscar very differently than they had previously, you know, Um, just crazy revolutionary show. It's almost like someone should do a podcast for it. (laughs) Almost. Um, So yeah, Robbie is great. Brian's trying to break them up. Um, And, and, and Pam even says too, that she does have a little bit of nervousness because Robbie is her pediatrician. So she wants us all to go nicely. So Dwight tells Aaron that uh, he always gets boners. That's great. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, um, it, like you know, Dwight says like look I have no issues with that Eiffel Tower mm-hmm, you know? mm-hmm. uh, but there's one thing like so we know Ryan has cheated on Callie a lot and I know they're secondary characters but it would have been at least I think it would have been interesting to see the type of woman Ryan was cheating on Kelly with for some reason, I think it was like a 38-year-old mom of three divorcee kind of person. Well, I will say, um, what's that episode, Night Out? Mm-hmm. Where, um, uh, no, it's not that episode. But anyways, we know that Ryan has hooked up with a lady who looks like Joanne from Survivor. Right, but that was when he was in New York and they were, quote-unquote, broken up. Sure, but I mean, we could still say maybe that's his type, you know? So if yeah, we look at Kelly, we look at her, maybe there's a cross I mean... I know, I know looks can get you a long way. I just don't think... Well, it's a lady looks- who looks like the lady from Survivor, though. Not the lady from Survivor. Like, I think he's still, like, he's still lowballing. He still sucks. Well, but everyone said pay. that that woman was hot, and I don't think a lot of hot women would want to not- do it with a 29-year-old <laughs> man-child. Sure. I mean, I'm not saying this woman is ugly, but Kevin is the one who says she's hot. And Kevin is has judgment that is is you know incredible, but not incredible. Kim, it's not credible. Okay, it's so, not incredible. I, I really oh. wish there was at least one episode dealing with it. Yeah, sure. Like one of those um, come to like come to Jesus, where like six of like six of the girlfriends come from at work, kind of thing. Like that. Oh, uh, I see. Like a, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> okay. yeah. You said you were with her, and you said you were done with her, and all that. And uh, that would have been funny. Yeah. Uh, I would say it's probably not too dissimilar from any time Ryan has freaked out in the past season. Yeah. Pressure. Mm-hmm. Run away, ask for his mom. But right. to your point, to see what types of lady he's into. Just, is, I think it would be fun. Yes. Uh, okay. Dwight is giving a um, like a weekly report to Nelly about mm-hmm. like the gossip and the, the shiz that's going around. So some of the pieces of information is that one of Toby's eyes are getting smaller. Which is weird. Yeah, which is a weird thing. Um, a bunch of other random tidbits, but uh, he reveals to Nelly that Andy was not able to get it up the previous night due to uh, right. the interaction that they had the day before. Mm-hmm. Now, this is like super inappropriate, right? Because like Nelly says, she never wanted, she just wanted to take his job, not his manhood. Totally fine. Right. Then to call a meeting afterwards is like almost put- past Michael Scott 
ineptitude. I, oh yeah, and put up well, and she's she's already admitted that she's a terrible ball. Right, right. And, yeah. You know, and to put impotence up on the board, but she does have this great line where she's like, very Michael Scott esque. Uh-huh. Take it me his job, but leave him his balls. Margaret yeah. Thatcher, probably. I don't know. I don't read. I don't. I didn't see the movie. <laughs> yeah, no, it is really good. Um, yeah, so that that is what this meeting feels like, though. This feels like a Michael meeting where he's trying to talk about gay marriage or women's rights or, you know, diversity issues, an area that he is like really no stuff. Right, and she's she talks about this thing like she try what she's trying to do is trying to get Andy to feel better about because you know she thinks the majority of people have dealt with you know impotence or whatever and she's like i've never had that issue and i've been with you know many older men and both creed and robert california like how old (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah uh well because the other interesting thing about robert having to excuse himself earlier is that he specifically says he can't come back to make a decision until he's made love right so we're not talking about manual peewee herman stimulation you know so i wonder if he has yet to do the deed so as now he's talking, he's still like he's just trying to figure it out so he can get in and then come well, back. And, and you know. we also see that later on, it's got to be in the next couple episodes because we're near the end of the season. But Nellie talks about this very terrible voicemail that Robert California left her. I think it's in um, Turf War. The episode's coming up uh, okay. after our. It should be our first episode next podcast when when. Uh, Robert gets really drunk and really high on coke. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I, did, I did forget about that. Yeah. Terrible. <laughs> um, so, and, but in there, Nellie's like, boy, you've had issues, right? And he's like, no, I'll prove it right now. And like gets up and like tries to get an erection. And like Phyllis is really into it. And then like Pam tries to help out. And Jim's like, what? No. Oh, yeah. We had our like. He was like, no, we didn't have any issues. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's. Um, I don't know. There's something about it too. That's just so. It's silly. I guess during a work meeting, I also would not volunteer moments where I might have had performance issues. So, like, it totally makes sense why all the dudes in the office are being like, "No, nah, I'm super boner" or whatever. You know. Right. But uh, well, it's, it's you know, it's not. No matter how frequent or infrequent, it's not something guys want to talk about. Like, well, like, that's the thing, too. There, if you're out there in the audience, this is not something we discuss. Right. Well, I mean, and that's kind of the joke, right? Because when mm-hmm. the joke happens in a more personal setting, you know, it's usually the, the partner who is not having the issue. is like, do you want to talk about it? Whatever. So this is just magnified now with a dozen people where all of the ladies in the office are trying to be like, let's talk about it, Jim, boner issues, you know? And it's just like Andy would feel so much better if they just stopped talking about it, you know? Right. And yeah, they definitely not something she should have brought up. Right. And this like, so she's like, you know, take his job, but leave him his balls. Right. And this is just been like, she's take like, She's taking the balls now, you right. know, like by bringing it up in front of everybody. Yeah. Uh, you know, Gabe uh, thinks that Aaron doesn't like sex. Yeah, it's like cuddling with a corpse or something. Yeah, getting tackled by a giant skeleton or something. Yeah, yeah. Phyllis talks about her two-year orgasm. Yeah, it was just, yeah, she didn't, she didn't lose her virginity till 41 and, or 42 and it lasted until she was 44. 
She didn't orgasm till then. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I remember yeah. she was called Easy Rider back in high school. So. But she didn't. She never orgasmed then. Yeah. That doesn't. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're right. You get it. Uh, um, let's see. Oh, so finally someone's like, Toby, can you shut this down? <laughs> and for some reason he has like an existential crisis and he's like, HR's a joke. We can't do anything. <laughs> yeah. Which is so good. He could have actually. He probably could have terminated Nelly on the spot. Yeah. And maybe even Robert. Yeah. I mean, I'm curious, like, if because Robert's in the room and he has, like, the highest power, right. and he's not stopping it, Toby's like, well, what the hell am I supposed to do with the guys? That well, it's also, you know, he's tried to do so many things that have just been shot down by everybody, including yeah. Andy. So he's like, if I even help Andy, it's not going to matter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's just funny that Toby has this moment in a post-Michael Scott office, you know? Like, Michael right. would have loved to hear Toby say that. And this is one of those things where, like, we see that, like, uh, Toby isn't used as much in the show because he, be- because he becomes show- the showrunner. And right. it's really sad because his part becomes just miserable, sad sack. Well, yeah, because he used to be, like, a really nuanced, like, they, everybody used to be a nuanced character, right? By the end of the show, people kind of become caricatures. And he was fun because as sad and kind of gross he always seemed to have like really like sympathetic background and whatever. Well, he, he always seemed to be positive. Even when right. things were terrible, he was always a positive character. Right. And somewhere around this point, he just goes negative and stays. Yeah. Negative. He devolves into like this creepy author that has like this weird obsession with Nelly. You know, he, he's kind of going nuts about the freaking Scranton Strangler. Right. Um, yeah. He just like, you know, we don't talk about his daughter anymore, you know, or mm. his his lack of faith. I mean, his, his moment when he goes up to the crucifix during the baptism. Right. He's like, why are you always going to pick on me or whatever? Right. And that was a great moment, great character building moment, and they just don't mo- use it yeah. anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So it's terrible. But uh, this is probably Toby's last good joke then. Yeah. He a joke. And so like, Nellie's walking around acting all managery and like Aaron's like not having any of her shit. She's like, look, we, I want you to write the dates, you English style, small, bigger, biggest, something like that. Yeah. And like Aaron starts throwing shit and Andy gets all pissed off and like punches through the wall again. Yeah. Same spot. <laughs> Daryl goes, man, that dude does not like that wall. Um, and, and you know, go back to the, the B side of everything uh so ryan comes into the break room where like pam kevin well pam and oscar are the same table kevin and nate are at different tables and he's all like what i hear you talking trash about me to kelly it's like if you have something to say say it to my face and pam's like i think you're a bad person <laughs> yeah she like wipes her hands with her napkin and she just gets ready to go yeah in, in like so you know even kevin's like no I, I i don't think you're a good person and we get the major burner from nate in the back it's like look ryan i've never met ravi but having met you i think that ravi is definitely better for her again i've never met him yeah <laughs> he calls him <laughs> brian at some point yeah it's so good yeah yeah yeah, normally Nate annoys me, but he has his moments where, like, he's just the right dude to say that line. Right. And Ryan's like, I wrote this poem for you, and it would change your world. And Pam's like, right. And I'm like, read through the pain, Ryan. Like, read it, yeah. read it, read it. Um, so then, <laughs> let's see. 
Well, okay, let's just finish up the Robbie bit. Because okay. then we, we jump ahead and uh, Ryan is in the parking lot as everybody's trying to leave. Right. Um, On this, like, yeah. Very racist in, like, traditional Indian wedding garb. Right. Or, right. Um, he's like, I don't like, know if we're going to be together tomorrow, but I want to roll those dice. Right. He's, like, really playing into, like, the super drama movie romance nonsense. And, and right. it seems like Kelly is the bigger person and goes, I'm in love with Ravi. Like, I can't be with you. Right. Um, but we know in the future, she like dishes Ravi. Right. Like a year later, a year well, and a half later, whatever. Well, I'll say, uh, Pam is great this whole time mm-hmm. because she's also devolved and she's just, boo, boo you. Yeah. It's one of the few times we see her completely devolve. Yeah. And I like that. Like she, she's just like, at some point she realizes that Ryan doesn't fucking matter. And she's just yeah. like, boo you're terrible boo no my my wife and i just watched half baked recently and uh there's a scene where he's at like uh aa or whatever for drug addicts and then um the one dude's like yeah so he's like uh boo this man it's just like such a specific direction to an angry crowd um so but the the funny thing is that ryan and kelly end up like making out hardcore yeah, I mean, she she's done with them, but she's got to have her little, like, yeah, on the end. That's right. Oh, boy, that was creepy. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that that's the end of that. Um, we'll, we'll save the really last bit for the end, but then we'll hop back. Roberts decided to go with Nelly for the manager. Um, right, which I, I still don't think he can act. I think this is really one of those out-of-world things where I don't think he could actually do that. Yeah, I mean, it's he, tough. He can fire Andy. I mean, Dunder Mifflin is a publicly traded company, but publicly traded companies can get bought by private companies, right? I mean, this right. is definitely Joe's company. Right, but there are still rules for private companies over certain sizes. Uh, yeah, but I mean, listen, we're talking in a world where, you know, big companies aren't paying taxes. I'm sure they could fire and hire a couple of regional manager positions without I mean, being, like, totally squared They would at least it. still have to do the interview process. They would have to at least make it look official. Uh, yeah, but maybe they just do all that in retrospect, post-date a couple of forms or whatever. Okay. Yeah, yes, I understand how it could work, but, like... I'm I, just, I, I just feel like that is totally... Yeah. Like if it like the next day Andy shows up with a lawyer, he probably wins that wrongful termination suit. But then how would we get oh, no. the next five episodes of this show? I don't even know if it's him getting terminated isn't the issue. It's the demotion and losing his job. His termination is justified, I think, but not yeah. him being moved to sale. Okay, well that's fine. Right, so the, so they fixed the problem that they created mid episode at the end of the episode. Please, like, if you're in HR, please call us. So we're no, don't us. don't fucking call us because we you're a joke, Toby. <laughs> you jerks. Um, so so he's out. He's done. So grabs his uh his stuff. He gives up. Well, and there's this really Nelly. great bit where he's just like he just starts repeating Nelly back to her. He's like, I really need this. No. No, and he keeps saying no. And Robert's like, "If you say no one more time, you're fired." You yeah. have anything else to say? No. Yeah. And so he gets fired, and, and a boner. He gets a boner. Yeah. So Aaron, it's really it feels weird for me to see Aaron so like ready for sex because they've portrayed her in such like a really weird kind of naive light. Right. You know, like thinking about her. I don't know. It all just feels weird. Like someone's being taken advantage of here. 
<clears throat> but hey, man. Yeah, thank you. That is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> what a terrible way to end that. All right, so that's that's that. Um, what well, would you say? Well, we, we have Ryan's poem. Uh, Ryan's poem, which is actually very... Right. And, yeah. and when the Indian Ocean calm, I find myself dying into something in Kelly Green. I'm just... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it, like, yeah, Pam and Jim are both crying, and there's a great, like, little talking head where Jim's like... Ryan can never know. Yeah. Which you yeah. know when the, you know, when, when the documentary came, came out, you definitely knew. Right. And maybe uh, that's something that, like, happened that we didn't see is Kelly saw a documentary and, like, that bit and then was, like, super into Ryan. That's why she left Robbie. Uh, could be. That's possible. I mean, she, you know, it's all kind of erratic for her. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, well, because there's also that bit too when she moves away, she like thinks she's moving to Hollywood, but it's like Hollywood, Ohio, or something. Yeah, it's Miami. Miami, that's it. Uh, so, what or you as we that? say in Oklahoma, Miami. Oh shit! <laughs> there, there, there is a Miami, Oklahoma, but all the locals pronounce it Miami. Oh, that's okay. Because there's what uh, Bogota, Colombia, or and then there's a town next to me called Bogota, spelled the same way. Well, anyway. in, in Miami, Oklahoma is the this is the home of the world's largest McDonald's. Oh. It actually it actually stretches over the interstate. Like as a, it's like a bridge. Oh, that's weird. Also <laughs> seems very American of us. Alright, so what do you rate in this episode? Oh boy, I thought it was crap. I'm gonna give, <laughs> I'm gonna give it uh two out of five um no's. <laughs> yeah, it's I thought it's really good moments. There's some really good moments in this episode, but it's not a great episode in general. So yeah. it really felt like it was just like, all right, everyone, pitch your best idea, and we're going to spin it into an episode kind of thing. Yeah, I, I feel like this episode particularly made me feel uncomfortable in a way that I feel like Dinner Party did as well. But I feel like this is uncomfortable. Like Dinner Party is uncomfortable because it's crafted to be, you know? Each right. uncomfortable moment after is built upon the previous one. But this one is just like, there's just these really painfully awkward scenes. Mm-hmm. And they are just painfully awkward in like not a fun way. Right. It's I like, a, yeah, it's like walking through a house where people were actually murdered as opposed to a haunted house. Like one of those is fun. One of those are you just traumatizing me. <laughs> <laughs> so I gave this a 2.5 out of 5 Eiffel Tower. Noise. All right. Last episode of the evening, season eight, episode 22, Fundraiser, directed by David Rogers and written by Owen Ellickson. Who the fudge are these people, Jacob? Yeah. As I said, I like, I noticed these episodes were weaker. And I, then I also noticed that like the people writing and directing weren't usuals. Right. Right. So I'm just like, I don't know why. Yeah. You know, there's no telling what was happening in 2011 with the studios. Yeah, I mean, there have been a lot of, like, uh, strikes in Hollywood over the past, like, Whoa. around that time period. There was a writer's strike that affected season four. I think there, if there was a director's strike, that could be a thing. Right, but there's also the whole, um, like, people just get better jobs. Like, someone could have been a staff writer in the office who was doing really good stuff, and they got a job somewhere else, you know, being a head writer or whatever. You know, just that is, especially right. when you're on a show that is... I mean, at the time, was one of the highest-rated shows on television. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, people are going to be poaching your talent. You know, so I mean, I think there's probably a lot of that more than anything else. Well, as long as there was consent. 
talent poaching hashtag jokes okay <laughs> Uh, so, so this cold open uh, has Ryan dramatically being upset in the middle of the whole bullpen. So, yeah, just saying no, no, no. Yeah. So finally, Pam's like, "Okay, Ryan, what's up?" And he reveals that Smokey Robinson has, is dead. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, well, so he says Smokey, and I, who who's is it? Kevin who says the bear. Uh, Pam's like Smokey. Uh, Pam. The bear. Yeah. Um, but he died an hour ago, and then he talks about how this one song tracks with my tears or something. Is or it's like, I guess I'm the first to know. And- right. Yeah, exactly. I like as if someone direct tweeted at him or whatever. Um, but, uh, yeah, eventually. Um, yeah. And so, like, he just – so Nelly doesn't know who this person is. Yeah. And Jim said something, and, like, Ryan gets really pissed off. It's like, oh, did, did you like – did you like – you know, air quotes, like Smokey when you change the course of American music four right. or five times. Now he's like, I don't know. I know Tracks of My Tears, but what are some of his other songs? And Ryan can't. Can't name one. He's like, he's like, oh, what wasn't his? And all this stuff. Right. And so, uh, like, Pam just starts needling him. She's like, yeah, I'm not yeah. playing this game. Yeah. Not today. Uh, and then Oscar finds out that Smokey isn't dead. TMZ reported that it was a, a hoax. Yeah, CNN. CNN, yep, and um, there it then the, we find out that there's actually a show just three hours away. Right, they'll be performing. Um, it's two hundred dollars. Yep, it's at State College, uh, but who is opening? Somebody, Paul Inca, who yeah. I have no idea who that is. But Ryan's like, why would they put him with that? I can't see it on principle. Right, Smokey wouldn't have wanted me to pay thirty dollars for parking. So. Yeah, exactly. And um, is like super happy with herself yeah yeah i know it's interesting because i mean everybody knows ryan's a douche right it's not mm-hmm. like pam had to prove anything but it but it, she's not like, like ryan. over yeah. being like nice to him <laughs> yeah so uh we the episode proper opens up with um robert calford coming in saying he hates ties it feels like i'm being choked yep. like got at that you know club on i-84 or dominatrix over there yeah, yeah. Like you, you like you start to say like RC's got some really crazy tastes. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, again, he almost or he very possibly could have banged Gabe and Ryan at his pool party. So we'll never know. Oh, uh, definitely, yeah. Or he just watched them bang each other, but they'll never say it. Um, so, so yeah. So Robert has purchased a table at this event. Um, it's like a. It's going to be a who's who of the Northern 27th District. And I don't really know how districts are, if it's that's by state or by, it's got to be by state, I guess. So yeah, right. the 27th District of Pennsylvania. Um, and it's like a, a pet fundraiser for like a older dogs, right? Right. And um, so everybody's going to go. Obviously, you buy a table and that money goes to the organization right. that's hosting this event. And um, yeah, so every, everybody in the office is going. Right, Robert bought a couple tables. Sorry, right. sorry, I'm having some. Uh, I was gonna say your light went off. Technical issues. Trying to do the thing. Um, okay, so um, someone comes in. I forget how this goes down, but it's alerted that someone is sitting in their car, uh, and people in the office start to get concerned. Dwight comes in and is like, "We might all be about to die." Yeah, yeah. Um, so Aaron has to say, no, it's Andy who's sitting in his car. And that sets everybody off even further. 
Right. Uh, because if anybody's going to go on like a whole job shooting spree, it would be the prime suspect at this time. Yeah. So, and yeah. it's like Nelly says things like everyone said, if I ever moved up to, uh, America. Uh, move to America, I'd be murdered. And Jim has just like full on Jim face, like look at the camera, like, no. Yeah. Yeah. I got to say, just a quick tangent. I started watching wrestling this week uh, after a years and years of not watching. And uh, they've totally incorporated like the Jim face into all of like the stupid dramatic talking moments like i can't so many wrestlers get like shit talk and then they just find the camera and then just go that's <laughs> great uh okay anyways so aaron and a couple people go downstairs to like say hey look it's andy he's totally fine whatever right um and what she does seem to be as fine as someone can be there's like a there's a hint that maybe he's a little spazzier than usual right and she like comes down with her her video camera like yeah i want you to say for the camera that you're okay and not gonna do anything right because like Uh, andy is full-on losing it this episode right right yeah another yeah like i said both watching the both these episodes on the bus i just I was fortunate not to be sitting next to anybody so I could like curl up into a ball. I just felt so weird about these two episodes. Uh, But we find out Andy's actually there because he's picking up Aaron because he too is going to the fundraiser, which several people say is like a weird idea. Right, but I I got the impression that um, he was there way early. Oh, for sure. It's not like he just It seemed like either Dwight was coming in for the day or coming in at lunch. Right. Lunch, you know. Yep. Yeah. No, it, it is weird. And again, it's just... There's something wrong with Andy, but it's not obviously clear what yet. And this is a great piece where we start seeing Kevin be more outspoken. Yes. Uh, so he's like, this is going to be super weird, like yeah. over and over again. Like when Andy says he's going, it, which is, you know, funny, but we also see it later. Um, yeah, Andy actually shows up. Right. But we see it again, I think in... It's the, well, Season nine, where he just like tells off the senator. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah I mean, yeah. These yeah. two people love you, and you treat them like dirt. But again, great appetizers. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, he does kind of do that at the end too. Here, um, talking about the dogs and how everybody he works with is an idiot. Right. Um, it's some good Kevin growth in a way that Toby refuses to grow, except for his eye. Well, his eye is shrinking. Shrinking. Whatever. Right, and so uh, like. Uh, we are we're at the fundraisers fundraiser. Uh, oh, sorry, real quick, real quick. There's like a I don't know a D or Z level storyline where Nellie doesn't didn't know that the warehouse was downstairs. Right. And her and Daryl do not get along, so she's trying to win Daryl over throughout this evening. And Daryl right. is aware, so he's like putting her through the ringer. <laughs> but Andy's being all due. She's like, it's been so long since I've done one of these. Where do I look? Where do I look? It's terrible. Uh, I'm obviously super stoked to be doing them again, right? Um, we find out he is also writing a rock opera, mm-hmm. um, which I feel like a lot of characters in all forms of entertainment who lose a job they had for a long time go on to write a rock opera. I mean, that's like the whole plot of uh, Forgetting Sarah Marshall. Um, right. Uh, uh, I mean, it happens to Bojack Horseman, even though it's talk- yeah have a job right he was just gonna write the rock opera which apparently <laughs> right. was good though apparently it was good um you know and but there's this whole sort of c storyline ish thing where there's a silent auction going on at this fundraiser but dwight thinks it's a quaker quaker fair. Fair. and it's guess the price 
win the prize. Yeah. So he's like, so he's like, oh, 20 bucks for jujitsu, six jujitsu lessons, which is a really good price. He's yeah. like, oh, that's more like 180 bucks, you know. Yeah. Starts bidding high on all these things. Yeah, he's like Googling prices. He's calling establishments and he's writing down accurate numbers for the price. Right. It, and this weekend, I went to a tra- traditional Quaker wedding and it was really cool. All right. I, uh, okay. <laughs> so there's there's no officiant uh, mm-hmm. and um everyone is seated and even the bride and groom come and sit down on either side of the aisle and only until they're ready to speak does anything happen and they they talk and they give their vows and exchange rings and that was it it was like a t- 15 10 15 minute ceremony it was fantastic did it take place in a barn I don't know why, but you said it, and I'm like, there's a barn, right? It actually took place in the basement of a library, which actually worked out really well because there's all this exposed brick and stone and very industrial kind of space. It was really, really nice. So they didn't bring, like, hay bales or anything? No, no, but they did bring a lot of booze, so that was nice. Well, that's how you got to do a wedding. We (laughs) offered nobody alcohol at our wedding. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, it's interesting how many storylines are happening in this episode, considering it just takes place at a different location than the office. Mm-hmm. Like we get the bedding. There's a another subplot going on now where Oscar has just gotten the senator's cell phone number, and he is a hundred percent sure that the senator is hitting on him. Right. So uh, Pam and Jim are all trying to figure that out. Um, yeah, Andy sharing. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. So there's just a lot going on in this episode, but. Um, so we find out some of the key characters in Andy's rock opera and the villain is Thomas Oregon, mm-hmm. um, inspired by someone who knows. Um, but yeah, basically it's 2112 from Rush. Right. It's all about someone who like an evil thing that knew that music would save people. Yeah. Yeah. Which is also the same thing as like, um, centipede from Boz Burgers, which That's is also right. 2112. Yeah. yeah. Like, I feel like the majority of rock operas are just 2112 ripoffs. Yeah, it's just Rush. Uh, um, let's see. Yeah, Dwight guessing more things like that. Oh, okay. So this is interesting, though. Uh, we are reintroduced to a character we hadn't seen in a while. Uh, Andy runs across him, and it's David Wallace. Right. Who I don't know why he was there. Well, yeah, I was wondering, right? Because we don't really know where he... I imagine he lives in either, like, Connecticut or New York. Right. I assume he still lives where he did. Right. But for some reason, he's at a local event in Scranton, like, being a, you know... Because even when he was only working on Sucking, he lived in the same house. So right. not, well, maybe it's one of those things where, like, someone else there invited him, like, that he knew from Yeah, something. I mean... You know, at my old job, I used to go to, like, Girl Scouts in Northern New Jersey galas and galas for, like, Shelter Our Sisters type of stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, But, like, and those are, like, those are institutions that exist throughout the country. Right. You know, this is, like, the 24th District Old Dogs Foundation. Like, I just don't, it's so, David Walls couldn't give two craps about it, probably. Maybe Angela invited him, like, hey, I know you've got money. Oh, uh, could be, right? Well, because maybe she doesn't really know, right? Or she found out about the second deal. Right. Yeah. And either way, it's very—it's a very, uh, what is it, deus ex machina moment here to mm-hmm. see David Wallace in this situation. Well, but, it's very foreshadowing. Like, yeah. Why and how can David buy the company, even though I, I mean, granted, we don't say he finances it all, but like, I don't understand like how he can buy 
the branches of Dunder Mifflin up for only twenty million. Right. Right. Yeah. It just it's it just seems like a lot of stuff starts happening to wrap this season up because we're out of place. Right. So, yeah. It seems like they're doing their best to like get Robert out the door because at this point, you know, he's probably already knows he's going to blacklist and all right. this other stuff. And yeah, well, it does really feel really disjointed. Yeah. Yeah. Um but essentially he tells a story about selling socket, making this money, and that Andy shouldn't worry about trying to get back at Dunder Mifflin because like they're just chump change. Dunder Mifflin right. Saber, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um so Daryl talks Nelly into getting some tacos. Um ah, some, some some real people food. <laughs> so he she gives Daryl thirty bucks to go. No, get no, she she brings it up. Well she doesn't say tacos. She says she wishes there was real people food here. Right. She, she lists off means. a couple of things and then Daryl says, What else do real people like? He's like tacos. <laughs> Even though they made his basement smell bad. Yeah. Uh so he takes thirty bucks, goes out for two tacos, comes back with like 16 or something they're like three for eight it was less than that it was eight tacos for three bucks yeah 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 so you know that's some quality ingredients in the those things tacos are cheap man yeah i listen i had thanks i had thanksgiving tacos i had easter tacos today dope if you, if you ever come out here uh there's this place down the road that does like custom tacos so it's like a sheet of ingredients and you check it off it's like uh it's like frozen yogurt for tacos yeah all right but oh, yeah, that sounds like, great if you, if you like you give me one portion of this or two portions of this and there's probably like 40 ingredients you can check off all right i mean i'm, I'm a very plain guy I like meat and cheese but maybe i'd get several meats and several cheeses yeah last time i was there i had pork brisket and shrimp with some oh. With some feta and some other and some queso cheese, yeah, it was wow. That we excuse me. What's that line? Every day we stray further from the light. That's (laughs) what you just said. It sounds like that. That's going towards the light, man. Um, Even Jesus himself would have been like, "Yes, I approve these tacos." (laughs) Um, Okay, so yeah, more riffing on Jim's shoes because a gay man wouldn't leave the house, right? Because Jim got his got the senior cell phone number right and both jim and pan or both oscar and pamela could jam like he thinks you're gay right right <laughs> so who who's the third person they send uh meredith i think i think it's meredith yeah yeah um and meredith gets the cell phone number and it seems confirmation everybody that the senator just gives his cell phone number out to everybody he wants to vote for right right um so Angela is also kind of sour this whole event. I mean, one, because she's this weird North Pennsylvania Jackie Onassis thing going on. Uh, and two, she's at an event that supports dogs, even though she's right. a, a known cat lover. Um, so uh, there's a, um, what do you call it? Uh, like a keynote speaker or something, someone who had donated the most. And I think mm-hmm. it ends up being Robert, probably because of all the tables he purchased. Right. Right. No, no, it was. Or he just donated. Also, he was supposed to be like the the key, like the uh, presenter. Yeah, oh, I see. And I thought he was like the biggest giver or something. Maybe, but like um, the speaker was uh, Lipton, Senator Lipton. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was like, I asked him if he liked dogs. And he asked me if I liked dogs, and you know what I said? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. This very terrible 
I mean, because Robert isn't one to suffer fools or put up for appearances, but he knows this event is like not for him. Mm-hmm. Despite how much power Robert may feel he can obtain at any one moment, he knows he's like there for a senator, right? Probably best not to <laughs> annoy the senator. So he's doing this whole spiel, but then Andy starts acting up and he stands up and he's like, you know what, this guy's full of shit. I'll do you one better and I'll take care of all these dogs. And he adopts, what, 11 dogs or something? Yeah. Um, All of which have issues. Yes. One of which is Champion from Parks and Rec. Yeah, that's his uh, debut, his television debut. Um, It'd be interesting to look, see, look at the timeline if that's actually true. If that's true, right? Yeah. But, yeah, but, yeah, but there's like dog therapy guy. dog. He's like, even me and him are bonding. He's like, oh, that's a therapy dog. And uh, <laughs> he's like, he thinks you're under some. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, so he's getting all these directions, even more than Sprinkle's directions to maintain the, the lives of these dogs. Mm-hmm. One of the dogs would take a medication every 90 minutes or something, which was like, what, you're not doing anything. You have no personal life anymore. I mean, putting down an animal is hard. I've had to do it recently. Um, but if a dog has to have a medication every 90 minutes, I mean, that's just like, it feels like it's being mean to the dog to keep it alive. What if... And I'm saying this as a joke because you brought this to too real a place. What if it wasn't a pill and it was a suppository? Would the dog enjoy it better or worse? Think about it. Email us, brokenjarsbroadcasting <laughs> at gmail.com, and we'll answer you next week. Right. And so we learn all about this stuff, and like Aaron is starting to realize that Andy is just breaking down. Mm-hmm. You know? um, and there's this really great scene near the end where everyone comes in and they're like, Oh, and he's like, this is the best thing that's ever happened to me. Da, da, da. And Jim and Pam are like, Oh yeah, sure. And Kevin's just like the voice of reason. Like, no, this isn't terror. This is terrible. Like he is clearly having a, like this whole thing. And, and, you know, Andy kind of realizes like, yeah, I'm going nuts. Right. Yeah. It takes Kevin to say the truth for Andy to be like, Oh yeah, I'm not doing so hot anymore. Right. Um, which is the first step in dealing with issues, which I think Pam says. So like, it seems like maybe now from this moment, Andy can like begin his healing process or whatever. Right. Mm. That's the hope. Is it the truth? Mm. It's not. Um, okay. Um, so Oscar is leaving the shindig and he says a goodbye to the Senator. The Senator then does like the old, you know, uh, you know, gently caress the arm. Well, it's 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 the it's the bicep squeeze where he's like, yeah, yeah. So it's a very like, it is rather central. Yeah, yeah. So Oscar, and Oscar's like super happy about it. (laughs) Yeah, he does this thing. He's all like, why does this always happen to me? But I feel so bad for Angela. You know, he's like clearly elated. Um, yeah. Oh, okay. So a couple people in the office start to adopt the dogs. Is the end of the episode. Well, um, and the thing we, we missed is, um, so Dwight ends up um, winning every auction. Yes. Which comes up to like $34,000. Yeah. And he's stoked as he's winning, right? Right. And then Jim, when he realizes what's up, is like, speech, speech, speech. <laughs> and Dwight starts giving this speech about like, this, when did we get all, when did it all become about the money? You know, these tables tarted up like Victorian whores right. a little bit. And they and he's like, That is going to be my gift to you tonight and just like bolts. Right, right. Um, cause, cause obviously he didn't intend to give money, right? 
Like right. he, he made an error in judgment in how he participated, right? Yeah. Correct. <laughs> okay, so we'll find out about some of the other dogs. Kevin gets a dog. Now, this season, if I recall, he found a turtle. Is that right? Is that this season? I don't remember which season it was. Well, he finds a turtle that he ran over, and he tries to save the turtle by gluing its shell back on. Mm-hmm. And then he like glues other shit onto it. Ultimately, that turtle is dead, probably from the initial time. Now we are treated to the story about Kevin and this very sleepy dog that barely eats anything, that smells like death, that doesn't do anything, and everybody's barely like, poops. Fudge. Yeah, this dog is totes, magoats, daddy weddy, Freddy spaghetti. <laughs> but very nice moment. Kevin lays on the floor next to his dog, and his dog is totally fine, licking his face. He's just a, an armless, legless sack of potato like Kevin, you know? <laughs> Nice. He's lame, then he works, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's the episode. Uh, I mean, you know, like we said, things that are being set up, Robert leaving, Andy, like, making a move for Nelly's job, David Wallace's involvement. Um, Yeah, those are probably the big ones. That's basically where the season's going to take us, and those revelations. Right, and yeah, these are actually the next two episodes we'll do next time, and we promise to be on time next time. Yup. Yup. I do apologize. That was my fault. Uh, Our last two episodes of the season. We're going to wrap up season eight in two weeks. Oh, thank God. (laughs) Baby Jesus wearing a bow tie. (laughs) All right, that's it. Um, Yeah, so what do you think of this episode, then? It's okay. It's got. I mean, it's much more of a moment episode than a con- a cohesive. Yeah. It, yeah. 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 It's kind of like a monster of the week, as opposed to like the big bad of the whole thing. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just not very. It doesn't flow very well for the most part. Like all the storylines are happening in the same place, but they're definitely happening disjointed from each other instead of moving together like they would in, in earlier seasons. But. uh I gave it a three out of five. I mean, it's okay. It's a three out of five tacos. Yeah, I'm going to have to give it a two out of five crisis. So I'm pretty consistent. Yeah, there's just, I mean, and again, it's a personal thing, but I'm still having trouble with like Andy. He's just doing weird things that people wouldn't do. You know, he's like, he would have come back. He should have gone to Florida for air and he should have been honest months earlier. And it's just taking him down this road where he's going to end up on a boat with Josh Groban. And it's just annoying the crap out of me, Jacob. So every time I see it, it's just going to keep annoying the shit out of me. But two out of five, I don't care. Well, look at the bright side. We're only like 24 episodes left. Oh, fuck. Well, it depends on how you look at it because there's a lot of one hour, one hour episodes in season nine. All right. Well, I guess we'll have that in our annual Great Scott meeting. Well, yeah, we'll have a wrap-up episode. It just kind of depends on how we want to do because the, the last two episodes are both an hour. So. Right. right. So we'll, but, yeah, there's only – well, depending on how you look at it, there, there's at max 25 episodes in season nine. So, yeah, we've got at most 27 episodes left. Yeah, only like 13 and a half weeks. That's it. Just another year. <laughs> All right, so that's going to do it for this It's only like half a year. It's only till like October. (laughs) All right, right, I guess that's... Actually, with the way they're pacing, we should finish on my birthday. Wow, we could do a whole big big thing. We will do a crossover episode with that stupid Dresden Files podcast I've been hearing so much crap about. (laughs) (laughs) All right, well, that's going to do it for us. So um, follow us on social media. Mm -hmm. Just type in Broken Jars in your search bar on any of your favorite sites. I'm sure we'll pop up. 
You can follow me at, at Jacob Ingalls on Twitter. Follow me at J-A-Y underscore R-E-Y on Twitter. Cool. Well, we will see. We promise to see you in two weeks unless the world is coming to an end, which it could be. I mean, at this point, you just never know. Promises, promises. <laughs> All right, guys. Laters. Bye.